Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome, dear listeners. You have turned your dial to the edge of the radio static and have stumbled upon the lost signal. Tonight, we bring you a special tale, the third part of our investigative series into Nower, Idaho. Tilson Mullally's An Odd Turn for Colt Ford. But first, a message from one of our fellow podcasts on the Podmoth Network. Everybody knows that true crime can be a real buzz killer. So why not pair it with a nice glass of wine? Join us, Macy and Nicole, the hosts of Buzzkillers, a true crime podcast, as we drink our way through new bottles of wine every week while navigating true crime cases, conspiracy theories, and even some spooky haunts. The deep dives are kept light with banter and personal tales, and even the occasional boozy hiccup. Listeners are encouraged to grab a drink of any kind and tune in every Sunday as we tell the tales of the wicked that plague this world. Buzzkillers can be streamed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you like to listen. Check out our website, www.buzzkillerspodcast.com, for more information. Well, good morning, sunshine. How'd you sleep? Well, good. The old Highway Inn may have seen better days, but Rita keeps the comfiest beds in town. Anyway, hop in. I thought we could grab some breakfast burritos at the coffee stand and take a ride out to the old pit stop. Get you another story for your old podcast. Here we are. Take it in, visitor. What do you mean, where is it? Whole place blowed over about 25 years ago. <laughs> the guy that said he stopped here for gas last year had to pick his jaw up off the floor, too. Willie Dugan never had it in him to keep the place running after Colt shot his son in 34. As for that poor twit, well, see down that road? After he shot Lonnie Dugan, he got some gas in that roadster he'd stole and took off down that way. But the cops were after him. 
This is the place. Pull over. Damn it, Colt. Pull over. No! Y'all ain't taking me over. What happened with Mr. Tate? It was his fault. Don't make this worse than it has to be, Colt. To whoever finds this account, I just want them all to know they never got me. Mama always said I was too hard-headed and too mean to be any use to anyone. I suppose she was right. If she saw all this now, she'd have all sorts of things to say about how I'm kicking up a fuss for everyone and making a bother someone else is going to have to go fix. And I'll say I do feel bad about Lonnie. I always thought he was a good fella. But as for the rest of it, that suits me fine if they have to clean up this mess. Whole town wonders why I'm so mean? Well, because they're just mean to me first. And Mr. Tate especially. I didn't mean to push him so hard. He was supposed to be asleep. He shouldn't have been awake. One thing Mama was wrong about, though. I was good at one thing. I was one hell of a driver. <laughs> Copper didn't even see me peel off the main road onto that dirt trail that shot off to the right. Fields on both sides and not another soul for miles. I rode down the side road just as Milton had instructed. When it turned from gravel to rutted dirt, I bounced along until I hit a good divot and <laughs> the wood spokes of the left front wheel folded under the strain. So, grabbed the bag and kept going on foot. Eighty pounds of gold bars slung over my shoulder. It had rained the night before though and it was just a muddy slog to gain even a few feet of progress. But I was a bull, right? That's what Milton said. That's what I brought to the group. Never been a brain guy, nah. I'm a doer. Give me something to do and I do it. That's Colt Ford. I finally reached Soldier's Clearing, all slopped up in the process. The night was pitch dark by now, the moon covered by clouds. I could smell another shower in the air. I took my flashlight and I blinked it twice at the edge of the clearing and a few moments later a pair of headlights blinked back in response. So I made my way over. Colt, you make it out alright? Wheel on the car folded on the trail a few miles back, but walk wasn't nothing. Any cops? Yeah, but I shook them. You were supposed to avoid them altogether, you nitwit. The old man had a silent alarm. How was I supposed to know? Yeah, what about the old man? Did he see you? Yeah, but it's been taken care of. What'd you do, Colt? Damn it, Colt! He woke up! What was I supposed to do? Not fucking kill him. It was an accident. I pushed him too hard. Murder complicates everything, Colt. I know. I know, and I know you told me not to do anything rash unless I had to, but they were both... Both? I needed gas, and the, the kid at the station, Lonnie... Never mind, Bovine, get the gold in the car. Good thinking. I'm freezing, let's get out of here. You're not coming with me, Buster. Run that by me again, Milton? You got the heat on you, kid. Can't have you connected to the group, or we'll all go down for this. But y'all said if I delivered on this job, I'd be a part of the gang. And you will, Colt. You will. But we gotta let the heat die down first, you get me? We'll get a hold of you when it does. 
What about my cut of that gold there? Cut? This was your initiation. And this gold's your membership fee. Come on, kid. This is how this business works. Don't you understand? Sure. Sure, Milton. I understand. That's how this business works. Right, Milton? You stupid bastard. Maybe I am, Milton. Like you said, I've never been much of a thinker. I'm a doer. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to the Pulp Radio Record, our show within a show, and an archive of facts on radio and speculative fiction. On today's episode, we're talking about Sam Spade. If Phil Marlowe was the first modern hard-boiled detective, Sam Spade was the prototype. Created by legendary writer Dashiell Hammett for the lead in his novel The Maltese Falcon, Hammett describes Spade as a dream man, in the sense that he is what most of the private detectives I've worked with would like to have been. Though Sam Spade was most notably portrayed by Humphrey Bogart on the silver screen, the role was played the longest by Howard Duff on the radio series The Adventures of Sam Spade. Though when the show switched networks to NBC in 1950, Duff was replaced as he was included in The Red Channels, a list of entertainers accused of having communist ties. Today, Sam Spade is a mostly forgotten character from a bygone era, and that's depressing. Sam Spade's adventures are still as lively and exciting as they were decades ago. Fortunately, most episodes of the radio show and several movies are available on YouTube and other streaming devices. I encourage everybody listening to check them out after we've finished our episode of The Lost Signal tonight. This has been the Pulp Radio Record on the Lost Signal. Wherever you're listening, whether it be iTunes or Spotify, give us a five-star rating. And if it lets you leave a worded review, leave one of those two. And now, I return you for the second half of an odd turn for Colt Ford. I searched his body for the keys to his car and found them in a shirt pocket. The road he'd come down from the opposite direction was not nearly as rutted, and I followed it through the trees until I was in the fields again. When the occasional farmhouse would appear on a nearby hillside or up a dirt drive, I'd turn the lights off and try not to be noticed. The sun was peeking over the hilltops when I finally stopped on a desolate stretch of dirt road. Maybe it was dangerous, but I needed to rest. Pulling over as discreetly as possible, I tucked myself down and tried my best to get comfortable. Sleep took me in a country second.
Roll down the window, Colt. Oh, Sheriff Daltrey, good morning. What seems to be the problem? Get out of the car, Colt. Oh, Sheriff, I was just getting ready to... Boy, you are covered in mud, blood, and crud, and asleep on the side of my road in a car that was reported stolen last night. Top of that, I know something happened with Mr. Tate the other night, and the whole county's looking for you. Now get out of the car. We can talk about it. Gee, Sheriff, the thing is... I'm not in much of a mind for talking no more. And I put a slug in that country sheriff's gut and peeled out. But the old man had more kick than I thought. And in the rear view, I could see he was laying in the road shooting at me. And one of his wild shots burst my tire. God damn it! I got out and grabbed the bag, struggling down the embankment into the ditch and out into the fields, heading for the tree line in the distance. The sheriff wasn't shooting no more, but I didn't dare stop until I'd run some distance into the woods. Didn't have a clue where I was going, of course. I was running blind on fear. But I'm a doer. And I did run. And I ran until I couldn't no more and I collapsed. Sitting up, I saw the countryside spread out in a rolling ocean of wheat fields and hillsides around me and I realized I'd run to the top of the highest rise in the area. In the distance, I could see the sheriff's car and the one I had abandoned. Two sets of flashing lights were coming up behind him. Looked like that sheriff had managed to get to his radio. It's only a matter of time before they started combing the hills looking for me. Hello? Oh. Perfect. Obscured by brush and shifting soil on that hillside, I found a cave opening. It was narrow, more of a hole in the ground than anything else, and yet... It opened up on the inside like a little room. Some rusted tools leaning against the wall told me it was part of the old mine system. In the back, there's some kind of passageway that probably leads to the rest of the mine shafts. For two days now, I've been in this shaft, drinking water dripping from the walls. I don't know how they miss me. The dogs come right up to the entrance so many times I thought I was done for. But they never come inside. They seem to steer clear of it when they get a whiff. Suppose I was lucky. I was all alone, with all the gold. Except I didn't know how to get out of here. But that tunnel in the back, though, it's got an allure to it. I can feel a breeze coming from it. Breeze means an exit. I have to follow it down. It's the only way to go. Whoever finds this here account, I just want them all to know that they never got me. And don't bother looking for the gold, because I'm coming back for it. Too weak to take it just now, so I'm hiding it here. But piss on you, piss on Nower, and piss on Mama and all the other dirty ones that never believed in old Colt Ford. I'm following that breeze or voice or whatever it is now. I'm not a thinker, I'm a doer. And I'm gonna do. Goodbye. Signed. Colt Ford, September 21st. 1934.
funniest thing about it all was he was right. We never did find him. That little note was found in an old offshoot tunnel off the Nower mine site back in, oh, be about 95, I'd say. Found it right next to that gold he never came back for. <laughs> I guess whatever was in that cave was better than wealth, huh? Well, city stuff. How's that for a creepy story for you? I bet your bosses will just eat that up. I gotta say, this has been the most fun I've had in a while. Anyway, that's all there is to that. Let's head back to town. We've got quite the tour ahead of us. Returning now to the edges of your radio static, this has been The Lost Signal. Thank you for tuning in tonight, dear listeners. Please, wherever you're listening, whether it be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any other platform, please leave us a review and do not be afraid to share the static with your friends. Until next time, dear listeners, good night.